He is back. The director of football recruiting for Sports Illustrated, John Garcia Jr., joins me today. We're going to talk about which freshman on this year's Bearcats football team is going to make the biggest impact and what positions are most of need heading into the Big 12. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we thank you very much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcast. If you're watching on the Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. We're up to 126 and counting. You can also follow us to get an alert when a new episode drops, like this one, with John Garcia Jr., the director of football recruiting for Sports Illustrated. He joins the Lockdown Bearcats podcast, where we remind you, Every segment that Evan Prater should be the starting quarterback for the 2022 Bearcats football team. John, uh, I would talk about Evan Prater all show if I could, but I got to ask you, um, let's just talk about this recruiting class, Sin City Pride, the real Sin City, that is. You don't need any Las Vegas. So what do you think about this recruiting class for the Cincinnati Bearcats? It was a great group, right? The class of 2022, another G5 recruiting national title, uh, you know, for, for the Bearcats there. I know that's something we won't talk about much going forward, but it's still relevant, right? You're still outclassing a, a lot of great programs that have been very consistent on the recruiting trail, Boise State, Memphis, UCF, et cetera, to claim that. But Cincinnati also creeps into top 25 territory more times than not when it comes to recruiting overall. Uh, and obviously there are 65 power five teams. So now you're in the top half of that, basically year in, year out from a recruiting perspective. And that's, again, the things we've talked about on this show, a testament to Luke Fickle, the stability, the winning, and the ability to produce NFL players, which has become more important and prevalent in the recruiting factors uh, for decision-making prospects as they go through it. So, when you go to this class of 22, a lot of the same there. Balanced group, offense and defense, uh, widespread from a geographical perspective, something that is always undervalued in, in recruiting, right? You know, uh, the state of Ohio is great, and, and that is certainly the foundation of this class. I believe a third of the class was from the state of Ohio, so it should always look that way. But especially as you transition to the Big 12, you're going to see that footprint continuing to expand. Love what they did in Florida, led by SI99 recruit Mario Eugenio, uh, who's, who's the highest ranked recruit uh, Cincinnati signed in the Sports Illustrated era of covering recruiting. Uh, so that's a big deal uh, for the Bearcats, one-time Michigan verbal commitment. So that's a good feather in the cap from an optical uh, perception uh, as well. Big-time prospects throughout the South uh, and that footprint overall. And then, you know, you jump into – the Big Ten footprint from a recruiting perspective more than the Big 12 footprint. So curious to see how that changes going forward, uh, because obviously Cincinnati's going to have more opportunity to go into Texas and to go a little bit west relative to what it currently does. You know, maybe you dip down into, you know, the Arizonas, the Colorados, the Utahs of the world where we don't really associate the Bearcats as much 
as some other places. So I think the footprint is strong. It's widespread. It's balanced. Uh, and this 22 class reflects a, a lot of that. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the quarterback, right? Luther Richardson from Lipsicombe Academy in Tennessee, uh, as efficient and productive a quarterback as there was in the country in 2021. Um, and, and I think, you know, there's a lot to be said about the depth of this quarterback room. So Bearcat fans might not hear about Luther for quite some time in terms of starting, but the foundation is there. And, and physically, he's college ready. I mean, I think he's listed at like 6'3", 210. This is a big, physical, good athlete at the position. So continuing that element of what the Bearcats present to defenses as well. So as you can tell, Alex, I was a big fan of this group. Yeah, I can. And you mentioned Mario Eugenio, the highest rated recruit in the Sports Illustrated era. Is he the player, John, that you think is going to make the biggest impact on this team? Or is it maybe another player in this recruiting class? Yeah, I think, you know, Cincinnati's returning a ton of talent, right? We know the the position groups that are the strongest. I would imagine the, def the offensive line and the interior defensive line are strong and deep. Uh, so I do think there's room for Eugenio as a pass rusher, specifically from a situational perspective to come in and make an impact because we've seen a lot of freshmen become specialists at, at the pass rushing spot over the years. So I think talent wise, he could be able to do that. I would probably be higher on his impact earlier if he was an early grad, which he was not. Uh, so he's not on campus just yet, or he's, he's about to move up there like as we speak. Uh, so he'll get his start there, but if it was in January, I think he'd be a shoe in, uh, to make some plays early in the season for the Bearcats. Uh, I'm actually going to go elsewhere in the state of Florida for this, Alex. Uh, I really like Quincy Burroughs. I really like the receiver from Jacksonville Reigns. Uh, big kid, 6'2". He's at 195 right now. I know he's listed a lot lighter uh, from signing day, but he's up to 195. And, and this is what I really like about him, Alex. First of all, a lot of transition at the receiver spot, right? So naturally you're going to have some opportunity at least for some young guys to come in and make an impact. But with Burroughs in particular, he's big and physically college ready. Again, 6'2", 195. And every year, dating back to his sophomore year, he has outclassed his own production in football. But here's the caveat. This spring, he's hit another gear on the track. So while he has gained good weight, 20 pounds or so since the season he's also getting faster he's he's clocking 10 sevens in the 100 meter dash as a big physical wide receiver that that's not something you see every day so i just think with his trajectory of increased production every year and then just in the last few weeks clocking some of the best times in the state of florida at his size it just kind of screams don't sleep on this kid. I think he's one uh, who will start to make plays. Just he's, he's so physically gifted that he'll start to make plays for UC as, as the season wears on. So on offense, I'm, I'm looking at him as well. What about uh, on the defensive side? And you mentioned, John, a great point that the Bearcats offensive and defensive lines are so deep. I mean, they have all five starters returning on offense. Defensive, right. I mean, defensively, I look at their interior defensive line, Malik Van, Jabari Taylor, Juwan Briggs, all of those guys are back, but who from this Sin City Pride recruiting class do you think is going to make the biggest impact on defense? Well, from a 30,000 foot view, you know, Cincinnati lost two great corners, right? So I'm going JQ Hardaway uh, yes. as a potential impact guy. First of all, 
this was a huge – I mean, Eugenio was a big recruiting win, but, you know, the Michigan decommitment slowed things down for him for quite some time. With J.Q. Hardaway, it was always at a level 10 in terms of the other schools that tried to bring him in. This was an SEC, ACC kid who looks like it's 6'2", long corner, who reminds you a little bit physically of, of a sauce gardener. And he plays similarly in terms of what he's good at. His strengths project that way. Very comfortable at the line of scrimmage. Very comfortable coming up and supporting the run. Good ball skills and some zone coverage ability. Uh, and he played at, at the highest level of high school football in the state of Alabama. 7A classification. They went all the way to the state title game. So he played great competition week in, week out, year in, year out. Um, and he's a guy that I think just physically can be ready to play college football today. And again, obviously Gardner's gone. Bryant is gone. There's, there's, and, and it's, it's 2022, right? You need a lot of corners. You need a lot of DBs uh, because everybody's playing spread pass first football. So naturally with the lines being so strong on both sides, as you mentioned, I went to the back seven and the skill guys for some impact. And I think JQ Hardaway might be the safest bet to make an impact the earliest in this class. Not only that, and, and I think without asking you, and I'm going to ask you this in our next segment, John, but you mentioned that you need a lot of cornerbacks in the, in the college football today. I think that will especially be true in the big 12, which I'll ask you about that here after a word from Built Bar. So we've been asking, and they have delivered. Built Granola Bars are here. They come in three unbelievable flavors, chocolate, peanut butter, chocolate, coconut, and white chocolate berry. So if you want to try all three flavors, you can get a mixed box at Built.com right now. These are so different from the bars and the puffs. What? Because they're loaded with granola. It's the perfect combination of crunch and chewiness. But just like bars and puffs, these bad boys are packed with protein and covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right. 15 grams of protein, just 150 calories. Built granola bars will change your world. They've cracked the code built to better granola. They're the perfect healthy snack to pack in your lunch. Maybe take on the road or eat as a snack. So if you've been waiting for a healthy and delicious granola bar to hit the market, in the wise words of Herb Brooks from the movie Miracle, this is your time. Head to build.com right now to get the built granola bars, three delicious flavors to try. And don't miss out. You got to get yours today. So go to built.com with promo code locked 15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. We have an important favor to ask you, but first quick reminder, Evan Prater should be the starting quarterback for this upcoming season. But now we got an important favor to ask you. We put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite lockdown podcasts even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about lockdown podcasts. Maybe that we've introduced you to Bill Bars. Go to lockdownpodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to lockdownpodcast.com slash survey. We thank you in advance for your help. John Garcia, Jr., the director of football recruiting for Sports Illustrated, my guest today. John, first off, have you seen the movie Miracle? <laughs> of course, of course. There we absolutely. go. Absolutely. Classic. It, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. One of the all-time great sports moments and sports stories. Another great story, sports story in Cincinnati, is the Bearcats going to the Big 12. John, do you – what positions do you think are of biggest need? We'll go offense and defense. 
going into the Big 12 for Cincinnati? I'm going to go outside the box a little bit on offense. I think when you think of the Big 12, Alex, you probably still think of quarterbacks, receivers, passing game. So naturally the offensive tackles, tight end will be associated with it. But there's a sneaky position that is becoming more prevalent in the Big 12. And the last couple of years, it has begun to reflect the success of programs within the Big 12. It's the running back position. Uh, running backs and the programs that can run the football, which we know Cincinnati wants to do always, those are the programs that have begun to ascend in the Big 12. Uh, particularly last year, you look at the two teams in the title game, Baylor, Oklahoma State, multifaceted running games. Baylor involved the quarterback in that to a degree with Gary Bohannon as well. Uh, so that was a, a bit of a predicator on some of the success in the Big 12. And I think, you know, it's going a little bit away from that passing perception that maybe 10 years ago we associated with that conference. A bit more defense, a little bit more running the football in the Big 12. So offensively, I think, you know, a workhorse type of running back uh, could really, you know, set the table for success for programs in the Big 12. You think of the best backs in that conference, and they've been associated with teams that have won a lot of ball games, right? Even even if you go to Brees Hall, Bijan Robinson um, in, the, in the last couple of years, you know, those are the programs that have been in the mix. And then last year, Baylor and uh, Oklahoma State, I think, were in the top four in rushing, and they played – for uh, for the title game there. So I do think there is a correlation there, possessing the football, even if the perception of, hey, this thing is wide open, pass first, go, go, go kind of offense, possessing the football and slowing it down a little bit has its benefits, uh, maybe even if it's just to get your defense a little bit more rest. So I think easy to go skill positions or, or passing positions, but I'll go running back. I think that's offensively a position that, you know, all the teams entering the Big 12 need to keep an eye on and, and maintain, you know, you know, their ability to develop there uh, as they head in. Yeah, I mean, I, you mentioned Brees Hall, and then I think about other guys like Chuba Hubbard from Oklahoma State. I think about Kennedy Brooks on Oklahoma. John, you, I mean, you remember the, the, Red, uh, the Red River shootout last year or the Red River showdown, whatever it's called. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the game between Texas and Oklahoma, it was a rushing touchdown that won the game for the Sooners. And I think about other running backs over the years. I mean, we got one in Cincinnati playing for the Bengals and Joe Mixon. So I, I see to your point. But what about defense? Because we talked about corners, the need for corners in college football today. Is that the biggest position of need in the Big 12 for Cincinnati, you think? It's it's up there. Um, I, you know, I like, I'm a bit of a contrarian. Uh, so corner was was my first thought. So I was like, okay, let me not go there. Let me not go chalk. Let me work a little harder for my guy, Alex Frank. So I started looking up some statistics. I like that. I like that. <laughs> I started looking into some statistics in the Big 12. And, you know, the top two programs that accumulated sacks were also the two that ended up in the Big 12 title game. Oklahoma State and Baylor gapped the rest of the Big 12 in the sack department. Baylor had 44. Oklahoma State had 57 sacks last year. Jeez. A team that was really known for their prowess on the defensive side of the ball. So I'll go pass rusher. I, I think the ability to pressure the passer uh, and bring them down is, is going to be the most important in this transition. Uh, there are still a lot of teams in that conference that want to throw the ball first, right? You think of uh, Texas, Kansas, uh, certainly Texas Tech is always kind of synonymous with, with chucking it around. 
So you got to be able uh, to get the passer on his back. Uh, and obviously, again, Cincinnati has been uh, quite strong there over the years. You would expect that to be maintained during this transition. Uh, but getting after the passer is, is quite paramount. But, you know, the beauty of that, Alex, is you can do that in different ways, right? You can use your defensive line. Of course, they're always going to be the primary source for pressuring the quarterback. But as you play with aggressive defensive uh, you know, coaches, they're going to send linebackers. They're going to send defensive backs, corners, nickels, things like that. And, and that's, I think, another way Cincinnati can create that high, high of a number. But, yeah, uh, the number for, for Oklahoma State and Baylor, those guys were at least 13 sacks higher than everyone else in the Big 12. That's a huge huge number so the the rushing statistics were interesting the sack statistics were alarming in how clear they were defining the two best teams in the conference and then even the game between those two right i mean it was yeah. that last second defensive play uh, at the one yard line or really mm -hmm. the one inch line uh, to prevent you know, <laughs> the upset there so that is really where i think the big 12 has started to move and it's outside of that fun and gun, run around, score 50 points perception. You still got to score because it's it's college football in 2022, but there's a little bit more onus on running the football uh, and getting after uh, the quarterback with your front seven. And I think, you know, those are two yeah. areas you should focus on for every school that, that's moving into this conference. Yeah, and Cincinnati recently, they have this position called the sniper, which is a hybrid defensive end. Linebacker, John, as you mentioned, there's more than one way to get to the quarterback. And I think of players in college football recently that we've seen. I remember last year, I mean, a player who felt like was in the backfield every play in the Cotton Bowl was Will Anderson, maybe the best player, maybe the best defensive player in college football. And then I look at what Micah Parsons is doing now with the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, he he's a positionless player. So I, I thought of this question in the first segment. When you talked about, once again, this recruiting class for the Bearcats being the top group of five. And I want to ask you this, how important, even when the Bearcats go to the Big 12 Power 5, how important is it, do you think, that they still have the best recruiting class of their former group of five peers? I, I think that's something I haven't thought a ton about, uh, but it is important, right? Because now some of those are, are going to jump into the Power 5 as well. So you, you obviously want to beat them as you've been consistently beating them on the recruiting trail. So you want to maintain that, but yeah, you don't want to allow for that next upstart program to start to recruit better than Cincinnati. I mean, that's not something that, that you would campaign for. Uh, so yeah, I think we'll judge you see by their ability to compete in that conference in recruiting. But yeah, I think you still want to maintain that, I guess, dominance over the, the group of five, uh, perception department schools, which, you know, unfortunately, Cincinnati is going to remain in that for at least a few years, right, for for that transition uh, as it goes through. Um, but again, as, as things ascend and you climb a little bit higher, uh, that will start to wane uh, and that eventually won't be a thing. But I think when you first transition, yeah, you, you still want to maintain that dominance over the, a certain group of programs. But again, like we talked about at the top, Cincinnati's recruiting at a top 30 clip, period, uh, and, and the top half of the Power Five, not just borderline Power Five, like maybe some would, would argue 
Cincinnati lies, you know, perceptionally. So I think everything's, you know, it's the right time for all this is, is my long roundabout way of saying it. You know, it's a good time for Cincinnati to make all these moves and, and it will all amplify once you're in the Big 12 for good. Still so amazing to me, all the recruiting success that Cincinnati has had the last five, six years under Luke Fickle, and now they're going to a Power 5 conference. It still is amazing for me to wrap my head around. Uh, John, our conversation will continue after we hear from two of our sponsors of the Lockdown Podcast Network. John Garcia, Jr., the Director of Football Recruiting for Sports Illustrated, joining me today here on the Lockdown Bearcats Podcast. We're talking about which freshmen will make the biggest impact on this year's team. Um, John, do you anticipate a lot of these freshmen getting playing time? Because I, I think Cincinnati's going to be in a lot of games that could be, let's say, 45 to nothing by the third quarter. And I think that you could – and I think in that situation you would see a lot of second stringers, third stringers, hell, maybe even fourth stringers. Do you think a lot of freshmen will get playing time on this year's team? Yeah, especially when you define it that way, right? You You need to see what you have, particularly with this group of freshmen that that weren't on campus in the spring you you want to know what you have and you, you'll do that some in fall camp but really for the most part a lot of these position battles have already been settled so you're competing for spots you know three four and five which again at certain positions wide receiver defensive back can factor in two early games but really it's it's for the bulk of 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 backup duty for the rest of these guys uh and then i think good coaches utilize all four quarters of a game regardless of score and situation so when you do maybe have a big lead on somebody and you get some of these young guys in there you're, you're going to find out their attention to detail. Did they pay attention in the game planning meeting? Because the plan stays the same, even if it's a route, right? So, you know, did did they pay attention? How competitive are they? How in shape are they and ready to go are they for, you know, for a given game? And I think those will be telling for the Bearcats and evaluating their own roster. We, we always talk about schools evaluating recruits and all over the country and all that. That's great. You also got to be good at evaluating your own roster to build those depth charts and build those those situational uh, alignments. Uh, so I do think that some of these young guys are going to have to play just because it's a numbers game at the end of the day. And, and if you do have a big lead, you know, Cincinnati's going to want to rest uh, some of their top guys. Uh, so naturally, young guys are always going to compete. And that's another product of recruiting at a higher clip. Right. You know, there's more talent coming in. Those guys are a little bit more prepared to make an impact sooner. So you certainly expect it at some point. Does Evan Prater strike you as someone who has been attentive in game planning, uh, you know, has taken what he learned from Desmond Ritter? Does Evan Prater strike you as one of those players that you just talked about with the freshman? Yeah, I think, and I, I think even before you get into that, I think it says a lot about him sticking around. Uh, this is a guy who, uh, again, you talked about the Eugenio recruitment. This is a, a power five type of recruit who ends up at Cincinnati. And, you know, for the first couple of years, there's a guy in place who's really, really good and everything is apexing for the program. So you basically are, are the true backup at best case scenario. I think a lot of kids in his position could have hit the portal. I think they could have transferred and looked for greener pastures or at least greener pastures relative to playing time. So I think Evan gets credit for staying and sticking it out at Cincinnati on the front end of it. Uh, and then, yeah, you know, you watch the spring game and you see a lot of success. You know, he certainly had the most success of the quarterbacks. You know about his arm talent and his athleticism on top of that. Uh, so the production is starting to catch up 
to to the athletic profile there, and, and he's and he's not a young guy anymore. He's been in the system a couple years now. He knows what Luke Fickle and that offensive staff wants, um, and, and he needs to go out and protect the football while playing productively in the process. Uh, not easy to do because again, when you're in the spring game, you're facing your own defense, and Cincinnati has been known for for its prowess on that side of the ball. So there was there was some struggle, uh, but I do think he's the most promising quarterback on that roster. And I agree with you. And uh, it sounds like you've been campaigning for Evan. Uh, I'll join. Yes. You, and I do think he's the guy. Well, 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 thank you. Thank you. See, this, this, is, this, is why, this is why I like having you on. So let me ask you this, as this is a podcast where every segment, I remind people that Evan Prater should be the starting quarterback. And I'm going to remind everybody until Labor Day weekend that he should be the starting quarterback this upcoming season. So you mentioned him sticking around, you giving him credit for doing so. Does that give him the advantage over Ben Bryant who decided to transfer? Yes. He started for a full season at, at Eastern Michigan, but wouldn't you rather have a quarterback who learned under Desmond Ritter, 100%. the third winningest quarterback in college football history, Bearcast, the college football playoff? Does that give Evan Prater the advantage in the starting quarterback battle? It it does. Tenure is important when you're when you have an offensive system and culture that has been sustained over multiple years. Something Cincinnati has at its back. The coach is not in desperation mode by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think Evan is is the clear pick all things even for Luke Fickle. And, and it sounds like he's leaning that way, but I do agree with the thought of allowing them to compete into the fall. I do think that's better for your team generally. But if we're talking about it and we feel like there's an edge, then it could be a bigger edge in reality because the team, they're with each other every day. They, they know the deal. Yeah. So I would imagine that that gap is maybe even bigger than we're talking about uh, at this time. I'm not sure how big the gap is, but I will say this. There definitely is an edge with going with, with Evan Prater, and I beat that into submission on yesterday's show. I mean, I, I feel like, John, if you start – Ben Bryan, there's nothing wrong with starting him, but I just think there's a ceiling with Ben Bryan. Evan Prater, I don't know what the ceiling is, and that's a good thing. I have nothing left to add. That was perfect. <laughs> uh, I know. I, I know you got to run to another interview with uh, other colleagues here on on the College Channel of the Locked On Podcast Network. John Garcia, Junior Director, of Football Recruiting for Sports Illustrated. John, as always, thank you so much for your time and uh, best wishes to you next week. Sounds good, Alex. Take care, man. Thank you. You as well, John Garcia, Junior, Junior, the Director of Football Recruiting for. Sports Illustrated, you can follow him on Twitter to start getting better at plugging people's Twitters when they are on this podcast. At John Garcia underscore junior underscore JR. Uh, that's where you can follow him. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore 90 with two N's and an ATI. You can also follow me on Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore and email me at Alex3Frank at gmail.com. Do not forget if you are watching the Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel. You can hit that subscribe button. We're at 126 in county, but we're not done yet. So hit that subscribe button. Follow us. You can get an alert every time a new episode drops like this one. And you can also like and share a comment on today's video. Again, if I, I didn't mention this at the beginning, but that's okay. If you're downloading from an audio platform, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast, don't forget to hit that subscribe button there too. You can also like or rather share a comment and or give it a rating. All of that. Helps more Bearcats fans like you find this podcast. Thanks for making it your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen. Locked on NBA Big Board Podcast. Raphael Barlow, Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin will give fans an in-depth look into the biggest prospects, the latest player rankings, and, of course, big boards 
Follow Locked On NBA Big Board every day on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. I am picking the Warriors to win tonight. I'll say 103 to 96. Steph Curry will score 37 points and hit seven threes. And I will be back tomorrow on the Locked On Bearcats podcast. I've got an interesting topic. There is a player, a recent Bearcats player, who I feel like is kind of forgotten. But I remembered him earlier this week, and I'm like, why is he not talked about? Because he was just as instrumental to the Bearcats secondary as Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant were. I'll leave you with that. Have a great rest of your day. Enjoy game one tonight of the NBA Finals from San Francisco, and I will talk to you tomorrow on the Lockdown Bearcats podcast. I'm Alex Frank, your host, each and every day. Thanks for listening and making us your first listen every day, and I will talk to you tomorrow.